check, mic check. This is called Classic Interview check, number thirty one. Check, 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 check. And I'm here with Kamiyata. Yes, sir. I'm not gonna lie, this is one of the ones I've been most excited for in recent memory. For real? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yes, I'm actually I listen to you a lot. So this is one of the ones I've been most excited for excited for. Hey bro, thank you for having me. I appreciate definitely it. thank you for getting back to me, bro. Love the opportunity. So let's kinda Let's dial it back a little bit. You know, I I do know a little bit about you and your backstory a little bit, but for the people that aren't familiar, you know, where did you grow up? You didn't grow up in L.A. I know yeah, you just, no, you just definitely, got Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I'll just set the record straight now. I'm not an L.A. native. I don't rep L.A. L.A. is cool. Nothing's wrong with L.A., really, mm-hmm. but, like, I just don't rep L.A. I'm a Maryland, D.C. nigga till I'm in the grave, but... Yeah, really what it's on is um, my family is from Panama. So they're basically mm-hmm. like Jamaicans who speak Spanish. They came over to the U.S., you know, got their citizenship, and then they had me and my sister. And pretty much my whole family speaks Spanish. Like my family's like a yeah. melting pot, yeah. But me and my sister are like the only ones that don't speak Spanish. I like kind of understand wild. it. I wish that my parents would have more so took the initiative to like speak it to us because I feel like all my cousins who are Hispanic, all their parents purposely would just speak to them only in Spanish when they were little mm-hmm. so that they would learn that. But I think my parents also at the same time were like, okay, you know, let's not do that so it doesn't confuse them and that they can build on their English. Because both of my parents speak English really well, but my mom, she got like the accent and shit. Yeah. So it's like real prominent. My dad can talk to you just like how I'm talking to you and then boom, jump into the patois, jump into the Spanish, yeah. like no problem type shit. And I think that shit's hard. Like I think that shit's fire. But yeah, like that's pretty much me. Like grew up in Maryland and DC. Those are my ends, real. Like that's just where I be at, you know. And I don't know, my city's really divided, but I still love my city, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. Like, you gotta love where you Definitely. where you come from. Um so they're obviously they're from Panama. What what was growing up in the household like? Like what was cuz I noticed like a lot of people who grew up in like their parents immigrated over here, or they're like third or fourth generation in the United States. Yeah. Like their family, their household life is so much different than someone whose family nah, been yeah. here for generations. It's definitely different, and I feel like on some real shit, like a lot of that influence, you know, the way I make music, the way I found music, mm-hmm. the way I got into music. But even then, like you know, my mom and my dad like have always been mad supportive, supportive of me, and I think that's dope. Like I think that's a great privilege because i know like just all the artists i've met all the niggas i've talked to personally tell me that you know even now bro like niggas is actually out here making money bro and doing this shit bro they still don't get the support from their family and it's fucked up like i don't know it's just the thing is with older generations a lot of them see this music shit as you know as taboo because Mm -hmm. during their time it was way harder yeah, I mean, arguably way harder. You know, some I, some could say it's, it was easier back then. Some could say it's easier now. But even at, at the time, like there was a stigma around you know being self-employed and being an artist. That artists don't make money, and artists don't do this. And that could be true in some senses. But if you work the shit to your advancement, then like boom, bro, you can really make yeah. some bread. But yeah, like as far as my household lifestyle was, like there's a lot of salsa music. You know, playing. yeah in the house and even though I, okay. I couldn't understand it I still vibed with it you know it yeah. was live but like I said like Panamanians are really like Jamaicans who speak Spanish so they have that patois that broken English mm-hmm. which I can't understand like I can speak that shit and I can understand it easily. yeah like even growing up like 
my parents would play reggae and since that was the only thing I could really understand, that's what I took to at first before I got hip hop. And then I would play that shit around my niggas or like I'd be around like my homies when we were little back then playing like Grand Theft Auto, for example, mm. like San Andreas. And I'll be like playing, listening to the reggae station and singing along and they'd be like, bro, like, what the <laughs> fuck? like how you how you know what they saying? And I'm like, Damn. bro, it's English. And it was hard to explain. I'm like, it's English. But they were like, bro, it just sound like gibberish. And I'm, yeah. it's just a broken English. But it's like, just it the way that, the, yeah. yeah, the way they exactly. say it and the way they exactly. pronounce certain words So I was just like, bro, like, it was just simple shit like that. My mom was always stern to this day. My mom's probably the only person I fear, like, on this earth. Like, my mom could could swim me to do a lot of things. The only thing she couldn't swim me to do is not make music. But at the same time, like, my parents have always just been the type to be, hey, do what you want to do as long as you got a plan and you know what to yeah. do, you feel me? Like, that's what they were worried about. And once they seen I had the plan, they were just like, for sure, like, now it's really different when I go home. Like, I go to Thanksgiving, I'll go home around my family, like, People that I weren't really close to, like, growing up. Like, I feel like I was much closer to my friends and my family. But, y'all yeah, go home and they be like, yeah, superstar. Like, I see your yeah. video. I see this stuff. <laughs> and it's weird. Like, it's mad weird. Yeah. Like, it's cool, but at the same time, it's kind of, like, uncomfortable. Because I'm like, damn, bro. Like, I just feel like me, you know? Yeah. It's fire that they support you, though, because I do know a lot of older people and a lot of people's families that don't support yeah. the music. Especially Hell people yeah. that actually get somewhere with the music, their yeah. family's still like, nah. Yeah. No, God. So oh, it's God. fire that this, they really, like, are they go hard about it. Like, Yeah. Nah, they're, fuck they're, they're with it, bro. Like, it's it. a vibe. Like, it's a vibe. Like, it's weird to taste getting used to. And me, personally, I would just say as an artist in general, like, I'm someone that I enjoy, like... I don't know. I, I enjoy the public eye. I enjoy having supporters. I enjoy that. But at the same time, like, growing up, I was never, like, I was always on my misfit loner mm. shit, you feel me? I wasn't, like, a popular kid. Like, I wasn't, like, a geek or anything, but I was just in the, in the middle, you know? Like, I had cool friends. I had not-so-cool friends. So it was, yeah. like, but it was also a lot of, like, negative. Mm-hmm. And that shit sucks. So it was just, like, growing up, I had a lot of people in my ear telling me I couldn't do something. Like, especially rapping, bro. Like, I wouldn't even be pressing the fact that I rap. Like, I'd be in high school. would be like, a nigga would rap. He would rap to me. And I'd be like, oh, cool, bro. Like, I'll rap too. And they'd be like, well, you can't rap better than me. Yeah. And I'd be like, all right, bro. Like, and they got always, they always yeah. got me up. And I'm like, shit. bro, I never said I could. But, mm-hmm. you know, if that's the way you took it, then that's the way you took it. And now it's funny because now, bro, like, probably like twice or three times a month, somebody from my past, somebody from my high school, somebody from my middle school, somebody from my city, Will be in my DMs like, bro, I see you, bro. You got the blue check, bro. Like, you going <laughs> up, bro. Like, you killing it with this rap yeah, shit. And in my yeah. mind, I'm like, in my mind, my the petty me is like, damn, bro. I remember when you said I couldn't rap, bro. Like, yeah. I really remember that shit. But, I mean, that shit's behind me, bro. Like, you can't dwell on shit like that. So, even if I think about it, it's funny in my head. I still show love. I'll be like, hey, bro, thank you. Appreciate it, bro. Real love, do your thing. If that, a lot of them niggas is trying to rap too, and I'm like, hey, bro, if you really want to do that shit, you really about it, then you'll do it, bro. Yeah. And that applies to everything. So it is what it is. Like, no hate. When did you start to discover kind of hip hop and stuff like that? So it was weird. Like, when I was younger, I was listening to like a lot of reggae, like I said. So I would say like the most prominent artist I can really think of. Still to this day, that influenced me is um, Buju Banson. Shout out Buju Banson. My nigga just got out of jail. And he's killing it right now. Killing it, killing it, killing it. But, yeah, he was a big influence to me when I was younger because my dad put me on to him. 
And my dad, you know, my dad would go to mad functions, him and my mom, when they were younger, like in the 90s, you know, mm-hmm. before I was even born. And my dad, literally to this day, he had, so he had a boombox. And I would get punished a lot. I was a badass kid. Stay in trouble. There was, like, literally a whole year I was punished. Couldn't go outside. Like, literally had to sit in my room and, like, learn math. Still acid mm. math, bro. I hate fucking math. But I'm a great reader. I'm great with literature. That's part of, like, the reason I feel like I'm so good as far as, like, lyrics and shit come Yeah. But just shit like that, bro. I was stuck in my room. And really all I had was, like, a boombox, bro. So... What I would do is I would just go through his tapes, and these are all tapes that either, like, DJs made from, like, 90s dance hall events, wherever he would go, whether it be D.C., wherever they would travel to to go to these events. And then others would be, like, mixes that my dad made. But, you know, it's the 90s, mm-hmm. so everything's on tape. Yeah. So one day I, I got bored, but I was punished, so I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't go outside, but, you know, my mom may say, oh, you can't listen to no music, you know, like, that'd be fucking ridiculous. So I was just like, all right. Went through this shit, and I'm listening to all these shits. And then I had, like, my dad had, like, a special one that was from VP Records. And VP Records, I handle, like, a lot of, like, reggae artists mm-hmm. managing and shit. Yeah. They made mixes. To this day, that was my favorite tape, bro. Like, I think now it's, like, a, a penthouse mix. You can kind of find it on YouTube. But the way it was mixed on that tape was so clean. Like, transitions, everything to this day. Never heard a mix that clean. And then the tape started to break. And my dad was like, oh, I'm going to burn it onto a CD for you. Yeah. Nigga never burned it onto a CD. And he threw the tape away, bro. And that broke Damn. my heart. Like, I was really pissed at my dad for, like, several months about this shit, bro. Like, it, it like, hurt. Mm. Like, I was hurt. But, yeah, bro, all those artists like Beanie Man, Buju Benson, Darius yeah. Hammond, Wayne Wonder, like, Sanchez, Half Pint. All these classic reggae artists, Cableton, Spraga Benz, like, Sean Paul. All of them, like, is what I was listening to. So, initially, bro, I wanted to be a reggae artist. Like, I did ask wanted to be a reggae artist. And then I also found out on my boombox there was a record feature. Mm-hmm. And one day, like, I accidentally clicked the record while I was singing along to the song. And it recorded my voice from the boombox. Oh, And man. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I was like, I was so lost. I was like, bro, how the fuck did it do that? Like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I actually had a built-in microphone that could mm-hmm. catch audio. Audio quality was shitty for real. But it worked. So then it was funny. I, like, started playing around with it. Like, I'm hitting the record button, and I'm, like, DJing and shit. Like, and a lot of those tapes had pre-DJs. Like, yeah. all people already DJing over it. So as they would, like, transition and scratch, they will record into the mic over the part and hype it. Or either that, they would do that, or they'll have, like, a selector hype it during the event. And in between cuts, you could hear the crowd, like, yelling and shit, singing the song. But it was lit. Like, it was fire. Yeah, so fire. I did that. And it was funny as shit because, like, one night I was doing it over one of my tapes that I listened to. But I didn't know that it saved over the mm-hmm. tape. So I was recording over the tape itself. So then I was in the whip with my dad. He drove, like, an old, like, 1994 white Isuzu. Like, that ass that car lasted us until last year. How old you just sold it. I was probably, like, four, five, Damn, maybe so this six. Is, you were mad young. Yeah, young as hell, bro. Little mm. ass kid. So I'm playing the tape. And it's so Isuzu, bro, from 94. So we got a tape deck. So mm. I put it, I got it in the tape deck. And me and my dad would just be driving. Like, we would go do work and shit. Like, my dad would go paint houses or whatever. And I'd yeah. be with him. And we listening to the shit. And you hear my voice come on my little ass five year old voice. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, saying all this crazy shit. And I'm embarrassed because I'm like Yo. in the wit with him, bro. He looking at me like, this you? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. So I was like geeked. I'm like, yeah, bro. Because I'm shook because I had no idea it was going to record that. Oh, so shit. I was just like, ah. Uh, he was mm. like, 
oh, look at you joking me and shit. And I'm like, damn, bro, I was so embarrassed. Like, it was crazy. But just, yeah, shit like that was just like, damn, bro. Like, that's really what started the influence. And then the craziest shit, I tell niggas the story every day, bro. Like, when I die, when I'm old, they got to put this in my documentary, bro. It's definitely some divine intervention shit. So I'm like, at my house, I'm living in Maryland. I was probably like, probably like 10 years old, 10 or 11 at this time. And it was summer. And every morning I wake up at 9 a.m. Yeah, all my homies wake up at 9 a.m. and go outside and just go bullshit, ride bikes, do whatever. And I look outside my window and in the middle of the street in front of my house, there's a CD and it's reflecting off the sunlight. And I pick it up and it's college dropout by Kanye. And I, I didn't know who the fuck Kanye was. Older this time? Yeah, young as fuck. However, fucking age I would be in 2004, 2005, wherever that album came out, I was that age. Because I'm bad at keeping track of that. But played the shit, heard it, and then I listened to it every day for like the next year. Like every night when I went to sleep, put it on. That was the only way I could get to sleep mm. is if I listened to College Dropout. And after that, bro, like it changed everything. Like, I got into that, then I got super into Lil Wayne, and then from Lil Wayne, I got super into Jay Electronica, and then I went from that to like a whole rock phase. Like that's when I got heavy into like Deftones, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, and I was super into like the '90s grunge scene in mm -hmm. high school. That's all I listened to. Like I was trying to idolize that scene. Like I went into school like fuck everybody, bro. Like I was on my little cringy nine, '90s kid shit, like you know. <laughs> it was lit. Yeah, I was super angsty, super bro. I was coming to school, ripped jeans, chucks, a fucking uh, what you call it? What the fuck is it called? A damn, what are those shirts? What are those 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 over shirts? I'm gonna mm. catch you in a second, but fucking. I had this shit on. I was really dressing like a 90s kid, bro. And around all these DMV niggas that wear, like, phone mm. posits and, like, <laughs> and, like, some true religion jeans yeah. and shit. So I'm looking crazy. They're like, bro, why the fuck you listen to that white people music? Mm. And I'm like, bro, this shit hard, bro. Like, I was like, this is music, bro. Like, this, I feel like I can relate to this shit. Like, it, like, hit me in my chest, for real. More yeah. than hip-hop did at the time. So, I mean, it was what it was. Like, you know, that's really what molded me. I feel like that's what a lot of the artists, like, me, me and Bambi were just talking about on our yeah. interview. Like, I feel like it's what a lot of artists, like, they're coming up today, like, if, listen to everything influenced yeah. by, like, more than one yeah. genre. Like, I feel like today, like, you can't just be influenced by one genre. Like, I mean, you can be. I'm not going to yeah. box everybody, but, like. I feel like you can really tell who is and who isn't. Yeah. Because it's some people, like, I had a discussion about this with, like, an engineer I just met, like, a week ago, like. He was just telling me, because tell, he told me he, like, was in a band. He's from the U.K. He was in a band. His band got signed, and then they broke up recently. And he was working with all these artists as an engineer. And he was just telling me, he was like, you got a lot of these talented kids, you know. Because I'm 24. So a lot of these other niggas that are, like, blowing up right now are, like, 18, 19. You mm -hmm. feel me? So you got a lot of these kids, bro, that are really good at emulating, like, what's hot right now. But then you got these blogs that want to take advantage of them, like, like Billie Eilish. And don't get me wrong, Billie Eilish has said some stupid ass shit. But at the same time, I can definitely tell where like they try to exploit her because of her age. Yeah. Like they'll put them in an interview in front of an audience that ranges from anywhere from 15 to like 30 people that have been around like in the 90s that they feel as though knowing about those artists, knowing about these events, should be common knowledge. 
And then they subtract the fact that, hey, bro, this is a fucking 15, 60-year-old kid you're talking to. Yeah. And they, they talk to her, and they like, so what do you think about Biggie? What do you think about Tupac? And she like, I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah say they have a like, little... like, basically baiting yeah. them to get hated on yeah. by, like, older people. Older people that, these, these fucking little kids, bro, they don't fucking know anything. Yeah. Like, bro, like, it's bullshit. Like, it's really bullshit. Like, and that applies really across all media. Just like how Fox mm-hmm. 5 be twisting shit. Fucking music places do the same shit, you know? Yeah, I've seen the same shit happen Little Lil Yachty. He's like, well, yeah. of course he listened to Tupac Exactly. Biggie, bro. Just like, like when Uzi, Yachty, all these niggas came up, bro, they wanted to label them as, like, the death of hip-hop. Like, mumble rappers, this, that, and the third. And now a lot of them had very, like, long careers. Some of them aren't as doing as well as others, but you look at niggas like Lil Uzi, bro. When Lil Uzi died, bro, he gonna be looked at as like a legend, like a legend, bro. Yeah. He gonna be up there with like Prince and them of our definitely, time. Like, absolutely. So it's just like shit like that, bro. It's like really they really want to pretend that they're helping a lot of these yeah. artists, and then at the end of the day, what they're really trying to do is create hate for them. Like they wanna they wanna attach negative connotations to the music that's coming out now rather than be progressive about it. And don't get me wrong, I'm a nigga that's very, very, very like picky when it comes to the music I listen to. Mm. I think a lot of the shit today is ass in regards to like mainstream music because, you know, I still got that old head mentality in a sense because I'm so in the nineties, eighties, sixties, seventies music. So I have, you know, this big wide variety of music to compare to. But even with that being said, I can also think in my head like, hey, bro, I see why people like this even if I don't like it. You Mm -hmm. feel me? So I have to keep that open mind because, you know, having a closed mind is how you kind of get left in the past when it comes to this music shit. No, that's facts. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of old heads, like, as far as, you know, killing hip-hop and the mumble rappers and shit like that. Like, I feel like hip-hop as a genre, if you look at kind of like music as a whole... It's been the most progressive genre of music. Hell yeah. And if you look at, like, everything today, like, mostly everything is being reincarnated through hip-hop with a hip-hop influence. Even no, country. God. Oh, God. Yeah, Even country yeah. music. That country pop bullshit. All of it, bro. And it's crazy because you got to think about it, bro, like, like, even the pioneers of rock music were black people. Yeah. And then they look at hip-hop now, and they're like, damn, bro, hip-hop is fucking trash-ass music, bro. These thugs making making this music that just tears apart their own community. Mm. A community that they're... The, the music is influenced by a community that was already torn apart by them in the first place. Yeah. So it's like, really, the shit that you're hating on is something that you created, in a sense. It's just kind of like, if you want to change the, the music, you got to change the artist's environment. Exactly. Artists exactly. are going to make music and if you and if you, if you put people in a system where their environment's fucked up, then this is the result. Like, That's this is the music. The music is a reflection about. of the society. Yeah. Because if niggas got a trap, bro, if niggas got to make a living, niggas got to go kill niggas because they feel like they got to survive. Yeah. And the only other outlet for them to not do some shit like that, to keep them out of trouble, to keep them out of jail, is to rap about it, you know, to get it out their system. Then, you know, at the end of the day, that's the greater good. Like, that's really yeah. all these niggas have to turn to. And then it's fucked up because these other people are just like, bro, this is such a bad influence. And blah, 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 blah. And yet, at the end of the day, you're the origin of the influence. Like, the people, like, and I don't even want to put a color to that. I'm just saying people in general that feel that way about rap and music, whatever genre it may be, and don't even just apply to hip-hop. Like, they're a lot of the reason that these niggas are talking about the shit they talk about. Yeah. Because they feel, you know, a sense of rebellion. Like, they got something to prove. You know, if a lot of niggas is hating on you, 
you know, you feel like the cops is hating on you. You feel like your parents is hating on you. You feel like your friends is hating on you. A lot you. of people find comfort in this in the, in yeah. the music and shit that people are calling a bad influence. Exactly. And it's kind of like I feel like if someone's taking that and being influenced negatively by it, it's kind of on the parents. Right. Like, how are they Hell raised? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause, like, because no one's saying so... banned horror movies. Yeah, and it's <laughs> fucked up. It's fucked up because it's sad. Like, you have to blame your parents, but then at the same time, you have to blame your parents' parents. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like... Their generation was even more, like, deluded as far as, like, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to being open-minded. Like, your parents are, like, kind of open-minded, and then your parents' parents are probably not open-minded unless they went through some kind of, like, crazy journey in life that stirred them, stir them, like, out of the general linear path of how people thought, you know, in the 60s and 70s and That's shit facts. like that. That's facts. So, like, backtracking a little bit. When you were 10, you found the Kanye West CD. Yeah, you on that shit for a year. Yes, sir. And then high school expanded rock phase. When did you start making music? How did that come about? In that so time? yeah, like really, what I was doing for a long time, I didn't get a, I didn't get recording equipment. Like I didn't record anything. Like I didn't record my first song until 2014. So really, what I was doing is, I would just think of songs in my head. And I would be, I, my time to do shit was when I was in the shower. I would literally have whole concerts in the shower, bro. Like, I, I think would everybody would do that. Yeah, and all God. But me, I would be in that bitch for like three hours, like doing a whole set. Yeah. I would have I would have interludes where I talk to the crowd. And mind you, I'm like a little ass kid. And yeah. I'm like, you know, thank y'all for coming out. I'm pretending like I'm like 30 by now. I'm like, it's been a long road. I mean, my parents are hearing this shit outside the bathroom <laughs> door, bro. Thinking like, this nigga's crazy. But I was just doing this, bro. And I took comfort in that, bro. Like, mm-hmm. that was my favorite hobby is to go have my little performances in the shower and shit. The shower when you're a little kid is like a whole new world, bro. Yeah, hell like yeah. A different dimension. Yeah, it's like literally like you thinking fucking, what's the episode? SpongeBob where they got the little imaginary box. Yeah. And when they close, yeah. you hear all the fucking rocket <laughs> ships and shit. That's the shower for me. Like, that's my yeah. little imaginary box. You feel me? I would do Facts. all kinds of shit. Because even outside of music, I always tell people when I get to the point where I want to with music, when I feel like I really solidify myself at like legend status, not to say that that's important or an important goal that like mm-hmm. anyone needs to strive to. For anyone watching this that, that makes music and wants to go forward, I'm just saying for me personally, like, you know, when I really think of like success as far as being an artist and a rapper, I think of people like Drake, I think of people like Kanye, I think of people like Childish Gambino. All those niggas that really did their music thing and branched into other things. And that's the type of artist I want to be. I want to do my music thing. And I know as much as I love music, I know this isn't my end-all, be-all. Like, yeah. like, I love film. Like, I'm super into film. I watch a fuck ton of movies. Like, film is, like, my second love next to music. You feel Word. me? Yeah, so that's I think... Fire. Yeah, exactly. And even then, that's what I used to do, bro. Like, when I was little, when I could get Legos and shit, bro, I wouldn't build, like shit like regular kids would build mm. i would build like lego guns and then pretend i was filming my own action movies i would do shit like that and then i would have the That's whole fire. acting and i'm young as fuck bro i would have all this acting shit set up all this character development shit like that bro even when i was in school and they told you to like make your own bro i would love shit like that mm. i would write a whole fucking story like when i was bored you feel me so i just know that after i'm done if I don't do some acting shit, I definitely want to get more into, like, the directing side and, like, you yeah. know, be on my Christopher Nolan shit. I feel mm. like Christopher Nolan is a very sick director. Like, all his scripts are super in-depth. And even with my projects, like, like I think it was, like, um, Kill the Space God. I wrote, like, a whole screenplay 
to go with the whole tape and then for each song in the bio on soundcloud i wrote like a continuation so one song why they're an x yeah exactly yeah, one was that, that's one. why they're yep. an x exactly and my plan was to make that a was movie actually out a of question it. i had for you yeah too. yeah i was planning <laughs> to make a movie out of it but i didn't have the means yet i mean i'll have the means soon i pretty much do now so like i think what i'm gonna end up doing you know especially for my og supporters like mm -hmm. i'm probably gonna go back and make videos for all those That'd be tracks fire. i'd actually really appreciate that bro. hell yeah i'm not gonna hell lie yeah. i fuck with it appreciate that bro for appreciate real it. You, yeah, definitely do that. No, God. Yeah, bro. this interview's going out, and your fans are gonna see it. Yeah, no, nah, that should that be that live. Shit, that should be live, bro. Like, I really, I really gotta. I feel like that's my my obligation to everyone that's been listening for this far. You know, really to go back and show some love to the origins, like the people. Because I mean, those songs are really what got me here, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, because people fuck with the new shit now. This is the next level. But I know, like, even with the shit that I drop now. It's going to get appreciated, but it's not going to reach its peak appreciation until two years from now. But here's, here's the thing about your music, too, which kind of leads into another question that I have for you. You've been dropping music for a while. You know what I mean? You've been at it. You know, looking, you, looking, go look on Spotify, SoundCloud. You've been dropping music for a grip. Hell yeah. And the thing about your music is you've managed to stay consistent in, like, your sound. I don't... Hold on. How did I word this question? I'm trying to like figure out exactly how I worded this. All right, you've managed to keep your sound consistent but fresh at the same time. How do you maintain that balance? Because like you've been dropping music for a while and you've been the consistency with the sound and kind of tweaking that sound and evolving it, but it's the same sound but you you kept it fresh essentially. Like you have a certain sound that you yeah. repackaged and kept it entertaining and new and unique every time you drop something so how is there like a secret to that i mean really what it is like even now i'll be telling my niggas because i don't know like i feel like even now bro like a lot of my i don't know people don't know about the crazy shit i've been making like i've been making some next level shit like really like in my opinion shits on everything i've been doing like you know even the shit i'm dropping now is cool but it's not like the 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 you know peak mm -hmm. of like the shit that i'm i'm really on now like i really think i've reached my evolution as far as an artist and it's just gonna keep going forward from there but really what i think my main formula is just listening to a lot of old music but also a wide variety of music mm -hmm. so some days i'll be in my room all day no tv on i'll smoke i'll kick it right by this window kick it right on that out that balcony I'll fucking read a fucking graphic novel, like a comic book or some shit. And then I'll have a whole playlist playing, like, anything from 90s, 80s goth rock, you know? Some, like, The Cure, The Smiths, you know, the classics. And then I'll have some 70s shit. i have some Janis Joplin, The Doors, Jimi Hendrix. Then I'll switch to some 90s shit. You got some Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, mm -hmm. Alice in Chains. And then even then, I'll switch to the 90s R&B. You got some boys to men, 80s shit. You got Sade. I'll be having, like, crazy shit playing. Then I'll go to early 2000s, Deftones, Korn, Aaliyah. All mm -hmm. kinds of crazy shit playing. And I'll let that shit go for, like, two hours. Like, two hours. I'm listening to all these crazy sounds, all this crazy type of music. Boom. And then next thing you know, like, then I'll go record and then I have all these different inspirations inside of my yeah. head. Because then I'm like, damn, I can talk about so much shit, you know? And then I try to also tie into, like, what's going on in my current life, you know, mm. in there. And then on the opposite side of that is sometimes I make music as if I'm making, like, music for a movie. That's probably like, my favorite thing to do. Like, 
I'll make some shit and word it in a way where I'm like, yeah, I want to make sure this shit sounds like some shit that can fit a movie score. Some shit you can play in a movie trailer, you feel yeah. me? Yeah. Because I'm so into movies, so I'm like, damn, let me imagine an action movie and do my thing. Right, we're going to have to wrap up part one, but we're about to get into part two because I got a lot more questions for you. So uh, this is part one. Thank you for tuning in. Interview with Kamiyata, interview number 31. Uh, hit us on the website, KULTClassicOfficial.com. Uh, on Instagram at KULT Classic Official and on Twitter at KULT Classic OFF. And then hit me at Bobby D on the beat at B O B B Y D E E, two E's on the beat. You want to give you social? Um, shit. You know, my social is Twitter at Space God Kami, Instagram underscore Kamiata. Um, what else? Spotify Kamiata. You know, hit on my Spotify, hit on my Apple Music. Hella music on the way. New project coming soon. As soon as I get everything out the way, new videos, all that. Even during quarantine, I'm just trying to serve niggas. So it is what it is. Comment Word. That's part one. Part two coming up right now. Back part two, Kamiyata. Yes, Sersky. So how did you know what I mean? Everything after ten years old, really, you know, getting into music and stuff like that after the whole college dropout thing, and then high school, all that shit. How did you become Kamiyata? So really, what it was is like 2014. I was more so on my like lo-fi shit, and I was like the wave of like you know like the fucking Flatbush Zombies, Bad yeah. Salts, all that lyrical spiritual miracle shit like you know yeah everybody was doing acid and everybody was trying to open their third eye and their pineal gland and niggas was just like oh like bro <laughs> ah, like acid colors and ufos and aliens and I shit who's more woke contest yeah exactly it was really a dick swing contest to see <laughs> who could be the wokest at the time so i fell into that category sadly at the time thank god i woke up from it so i was just in that bitch on some lo-fi hip-hop shit not the shit on lo-fi hip-hop bro lo-fi hip-hop's live but i was just in there you know listen i was trying to bring back the 90s wave you know i was i was listening to fucking joey badass and all that beast coach shit yeah so i was just like you know i was on that tip and I went by the name Motive Because what's a more woke name than Motive You know <laughs> Like what the fuck Like everybody's like Like woo When they hear that shit Yeah super woke Super yeah. spiritual Yeah bro I was really <laughs> t- I really I was I was on the internet Like fuck Drake I miss the old Drake Like I miss when Drake Rapped about The struggle Like on some stupid shit like that Yeah So I was I was Motive For Quite some time I was making I was making cool music like even like my old shit I I had way more sh- like music from back then but then my previous laptop that finally just really died on me at the time it blue screened and I lost all that music and that also taught me the valuable lesson of backing up your music so to all my young upcoming artists make sure that you backing up your music on Dropbox mm. Google Drive backup hard drive anything bro because once you lose that shit you're gonna be sick like i promise you so yeah like that's what i was on then basically the, the whole cliche i met a girl 
I was very innocent at the time, I guess. I want to say I was innocent. Like, my previous relationship at the time was a long one, and I was a shitty boyfriend. So I was like, the next girl I meet, I'm going to be the greatest nigga ever, bro. Yeah. So I, like, <laughs> I like meet this girl, bro, and I fell for the trap, for real. Like, I really mm, didn't know the game at the time. I was, like, young, bro. I was, like, 16. So I didn't know the game at the time. So I'm thinking, like, yeah, bro, we just going to do the boyfriend-girlfriend shit. You know, I'm going to buy her gifts, and I'm going to meet her family, and I'm going to be a nice, upstanding young gentleman. And basically, Shorty was like, yeah, like, I don't want a relationship right now, but I don't want us to talk to other people. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. I guess we're taking it slow. And then so I did that. And I don't know. I would go to her crib, and her dad would just be on my ass. Like, there was one time I went to her crib after work, and her dad opened the door with a Glock and was like. What the fuck? Yeah, bro. And he thought I was going to be scared, bro. Like, I'll tell you right now, bro, between me and Bambi, bro, we've been shot at multiple times. I'm more scared of a knife than a gun, bro. Like, I would much rather get shot than stabbed, to be honest. Like, stabbing is, like, some very sinister shit, bro. Like, you really got to be a different type of nigga to actually stab a nigga. So, anyway, I was just like, okay, bro, like, like, all right. And and it's funny because I texted her. I told her, like, yo, I'm trying to come over. And she said, slide. So, I get there. He's like, what you doing, nigga? Why why you coming to my house unannounced to see my daughter? And the the nigga got the Glock out. And I'm really on my phone. I'm texting my niggas. I'm like, bro, this nigga got the the dog on me, bro. Like, he really trying trying to shoot some shit or something. And I was laughing, bro. I thought it was funny. And then all my niggas started blowing my phone. They're like, bro, what the fuck? And then her little brother comes down the stairs. And the nigga's looking at his dad crazy. He like... Dad, what the fuck are you doing? Like, and that's when I knew I was like, "Oh, you really trying to show out? Like, you really trying to show out type shit?" So, this nigga give the, his his son the gun, and mind you, this nigga little bro, like little as hell. He was like, "You know where to put that?" And this nigga popped the the shit out of the, the gun and and put it wherever the fuck he be stashing it at. But I was just like, "Yeah, you really a goofy ass nigga, bro." Like, goofy ass nigga, bro. Like that shit's funny in movies, but nigga, yeah. this isn't bad boys. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so. Yeah, from that point on, I was just like, whatever. That shit ain't scaring me. I, I thought it was just a tactic to try to scare me away, right? So then, like, fast forward one night, I'm on the gram, and at the time, I was really like a nobody. Not to say that, like, Instagram followers or anything matters, because it doesn't. But at the time, like, I really wasn't on shit. You know, I wasn't. I didn't really have music out. Like, I was putting out songs on SoundCloud, getting no plays, and writing songs for this bitch. Like, I wrote you this beautiful-ass song. And my best friend, shout out my nigga Pat, that nigga can attest to that. Like, his favorite song by me is a song that I wrote for this girl. And she would listen to it, be like, oh, this is cool. And I'd be like, damn, bro, like, what the fuck? Like, damn, like, you really, that's that's all I get? This is cool? I was like, all right, for sure. Mm. So then I go on the gram, I go on her gram, and in my mind, she was getting, like, 180 likes a photo. In 2014, so I'm like, well, my bitch is popping. Yeah. So I go in her comments, and I just see these niggas arguing over her. And uh, one nigga was like, don't talk to my girl like that. And I was like, yo, girl. So I, like, click this nigga gram. Mind you, I've been trying to see this bitch for, like, two months, and she's, like, blowing me off. And then I go to his gram, and there's, like, pictures of them laid up from, like, two days ago. So, bro, I'll tell you, like, bro, like, this is probably the second angriest I've ever been in my life. It was one in the morning. And I'm in my parents' crib. And mind you, if I would have been, I tried to call this bitch. The first time I called her, she answered. Like, she just woke up. And I was so mad, bro, I had to hang up because I didn't know how to talk to her without yelling. 
And mind you, if I would have screamed, bro, my mom would have came in there and ended my existence, nigga. Like, <laughs> she would have wiped me from this she earth. Really yeah, bro. Gone. It was one in the morning. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, like she would have ended me. So I was like, I got to calm down, bro. Mm-hmm. I had to really, like, meditate for a couple seconds to talk to this bitch. And I'm just like, bro, you a snake, bro. Like, that's crazy how you did me. And she really trying like oh like deny it. She like oh he's just a a friend of my friends and he always asks me to take pictures and I'm like damn this bitch think I'm retarded like that's crazy. So I can just say after that, bro, like my whole personality did like a full like 180, bro. Like yeah, completely. Like I don't know what it was. Not gonna be cliche, but like I really went from being on my spiritual shit to fuck all that, bro. Like I just started wearing black all the time and just. I don't know, and it wasn't even on some, like, scene shit. I don't want to say it was some emo shit, because it didn't feel emo, bro. Like, I didn't feel like I was crying about it. Like, I just felt like, all right, bro, like, fuck it. Like, this is what people is on. I guess I'm going to match that energy. And then I started not giving a fuck about bitches, and I was dogging bitches out after that, like, for a while. And then, you know, you get older, and I'm like, damn, bro, like, it's really some bitch nigga shit to hurt people just because someone else hurt you. You feel me? Yeah. You know, so I was just like... I mean, now I won't. I won't say like. Now I feel like if I if I like hurt a girl's feelings, like it's really on some like unintentional shit. Cause me personally, like you know, I'm an artist. I travel. I fuck around with a lot of women. Like you know, it comes with the territory. It's like, and some girls understand that. Some girls don't. Even in relationships, like you can't date a bad bitch and be mad when she got a thousand niggas in her in her comments, bro. Yeah. Like it comes with the territory. Like. It really just comes down to how secure you are with yourself. So, yeah, like, that just made me switch to this whole shit. And that was really, like, for example, songs like 3 a.m. 3 a.m. was literally about that situation because I was just like, damn, like, it's crazy. Had that not have happened, I don't know if I would be here right now. You feel that's me? Literally, that's literally a question I have. You yeah. want to list some deleted right now. It's yeah. how 3 a.m. came together. Yeah, what like. was that night? That was essentially, was it off that night? The 3 a.m.? Nah, so 3 a.m., I didn't write that till, like, I think I wrote 3 a.m. in, like, 2017. And I was still living in my parents' crib when I wrote this. Yeah, it was 2017. Wrote it, was sitting on it for a long time. Then when my manager, my manager reached out to me in 2017 and was asking me for demos. And I seen him, him, he, like, managed two other artists that were, like, moderately big at the time that are much bigger now. But he managed to do Weethan. He's an EDM DJ. Shout out my brother, Weethan. And he manages Oliver Tree. Shout out Oliver too. Oliver Tree is like huge right now. But um, I just seen him. I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna just send these dudes demos. And then one day I have been sending them demos for like six months. And I'm like, bro, where the fuck is this shit going? And he's like, oh, I've been taking them to the labels. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like I never had nobody do that for me before. And then he sent out his brother and then this other dude Paul that are also on his management team. They drove out to D.C., met me, took me to dinner. Brought me out to LA and we're like, yeah, like we fuck with you. Like we just drove around listening to music and I played them 3 a.m. And they were like, this is like some crazy shit. Like, yeah, we want to work with you more on shit like this. And we've been together since. But yeah, bro, like the night I wrote that, I wrote that song and Over the Ledge in the same night. So wrote that shit, recorded it, barely mixed this on my presets and it really came out fire. I sent it to Bambi. And Bambi was like, yeah, bro, like, this some, this some crazy shit. Like, mm. this is crazy. So, like, I did that. And I was like, okay, people are really fucking with this shit. And, and then looking back on it, like, that's a really, like, that's a great song. Like, I can really say that's a oh, great yeah. song. Oh, yeah, that's my like, favorite song by you, bro. And that's a lot of people who I know fuck with you. That's yeah, hell yeah. I've been hearing that a lot. I've been hearing that a lot. I really be kind of shook. I'd be like, damn, I can't believe that came out of me. Because I feel like one of the biggest things 
I don't know if other artists, you know, suffer from this issue, but I feel like a lot of times it's hard for me to implement my true feelings into like a song. And it's much easier for me to just rap about shit that I know my supporters fuck with, you know? Like, just rap about this shit. Like, taking a safe route and just rapping about shit that, like, I know people gonna be like, oh, I love this. I'm gonna bump this in the whip. Rather pull than, up, like... Pull up with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, niggas love that, bro. Like, and mind you, like, that's cool. You know, that's that's also, like, a part of my lifestyle, too, in a sense, you know? Yeah. Not to say I'm on no street shit, because I'm not a street nigga. It's just, yeah. like, I'm not a bitch. And some mm-hmm. of my niggas are street niggas, so it's just, like... It is what it is, bro. Like, it's a mentality and environment that you end up around here or there. But just with that being said, it's just, like, crazy. Like, songs like that and Over the Ledge are some of my favorites because I really hopped on those songs, spoke about what was going on in my life in, like, full detail, and it came out fire and people fuck with it and can relate to it. So, I, like, really, I wish all my music could sound like that. And not to say I don't think it can. Like, it just doesn't right now, but I think it will later in the future. So around um around that time when all that stuff happened with that girl and you said you had like a complete kind of personality change, where did you get the name Kamiyata? When did you switch from um motive to Damn, it's so it's so funny. So like all right, so I didn't go to college college, like after high school, 'cause I, I have like bad ADD. Like, you know, I can focus better now, you know. But in high school my ADD was bad. And it was more so I feel like a lot of it went into the fact that like one, half the shit I was learning in high school, I knew I wasn't going to use in my everyday life. Two, the lessons weren't engaging. There were, like, very few lessons that were engaging. I probably feel like my most engaging subjects were probably, like, American history. Mm-hmm. And it was mainly because my teacher would play us, like, crazy documentaries. Like, mad fascinating documentaries where I'd be like, bro, I've never seen no shit like this. Like, I was like, this is crazy that this is in a documentary, and two, it's crazy they're playing this at school. Like, one of the crazy documentaries, the first one I can think of off the top of my head, like, I watched Bowling for Columbine. Mm-hmm. The one that they shot, I think it was, like, it was about, like, the Columbine shootings, and they implemented, like, all these, you know, people that weighed in on when that happened. And then they interviewed Marilyn Manson and talked to him about, like, you know how people wanted to blame him for it because the kids said they were influenced by that kind of music and then he gave like the best rebuttal you know saying like these kids were kids that weren't listened to and i was just like damn bro even now like that still applies to like today you know you still get mass shootings and then people rather just rule it out as oh this kid was a product of a bad environment or it was just bullying when it's much deeper than that you know a lot of those feelings that make someone get up and do some shit like that comes from very, very early on in life, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it grows on to some other shit. So it's just like, yeah, like crazy shit like that, I was more engaged in that, but not in the curriculum shit like academics. So then I got put in this tech school that was mostly for niggas that either didn't do that great in high school. I maintain like a 2.8 or 2.9 in high school. So it was just below like, you know, yeah. what colleges wanted. So I went into that. There's a lot of niggas that was, you know, trouble with niggas, niggas that was trying to stay out of jail and that shit. And it was very strict. Like, if you just did the smallest shit, if you missed three days of that, like, program, you were kicked out of it, you know. But they paid you a stipend. So, like, it was kind of like a job, too, and they prepped you to work in, like, the corporate world. So I did that, and then based on, you know, how well you did, they modeled an internship for you, and I internship with this company called Blackboard, like, the company that did, like, the college grades or some shit. And it was cool. It was an easy job, but I knew I didn't want to do that, bro. All I would do on my breaks is just watch, like, Breakfast Club and (laughs) hip-hop vlogs and shit. And literally one day on a break, I was eating. 
And out of nowhere, the name, dead ass, the name Kamiata popped up in my head. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I, mm. like, Google search it. Nothing comes up. So I Google searched Kami and Yada separate. So Kami, of course, in Japanese yeah. is God, you know. And then Yada in Hebrew is, like, to be spiritual or to be known. Word. So okay. I, I put it together so it's kind of, like, spiritually known. Like, it's, it's insane. So I was like, damn, bro, it's crazy that that just popped up in my head, but I didn't know how to explain it, you know. Mm. And then now to this day, I don't know, like, I'm not very religious. I believe there's a higher power, but I don't know. I'm more so, like, into the thought of, like, divine intervention, fate, manifestation, you know, like, shit, everything I have now, bro, I can 100% tell you, like, I manifested that shit yeah. through and through. So I fell deep into that, and that became a big part of my music because even now, like, even my newer songs, I talk about this shit, you know, because it's very important, like, really believing in yourself and saying, hey, bro, this is what I want to accomplish for myself. And then from that point on, living your life as if you already have it. Because in that point, it finds yeah, its way I feel, bro, 100% know what you mean. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people just, like, they're not comfortable, A, with themselves and right. don't, A, believe that they could do it. Exactly. They can't see themselves there. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, bro, I feel like just people just aren't comfortable and aren't they think they need to be someone else yeah they don't realize they're big yeah no nah, and that's the biggest mistake themselves. biggest yeah. mistake i've literally started telling my niggas bro i tell all my niggas bro whether it be niggas in here that i live with my niggas back home bro like i don't like if like i don't like the word if anymore like i like really try to like take that out of my, my vocabulary because if means that there's a doubt in your mind there's a possibility that one thing could go the other way yeah and a lot of people like to take comfort in that possibility because they feel like that's the safest option. But that in itself is like telling you like, hey, bro, you might not do this. But I don't say if no more. I'm more so on some when shit, you know. Mm. So I'm like, when I get $10 million, $10 million, when I get that car I want, when we move into this big house, when I change the world with my music, you know. Absolutely. When I buy my mom a house, when I buy my homie a house, when I get my homie 100 racks, when my homie takes care of his family, you know. Mm. I say when all the time because I'm like, that shit's going to happen. Like, you know, speaking because I want it to. Existence. Yeah, speaking into existence because I know it's going to happen. I have the power to make it happen. And because I want it to happen, it's going to be so. You feel me? So I tell that to even my supporters, bro. Some of my supporters hit me up in DMs be like, bro, I'm depressed. I want to do this rap shit. I want to do this music shit. My family doesn't support me. My dad hates me. My mom hates me. My family doesn't fuck with me. They disown me. Like, my family hates me because of my sexuality. Even crazy shit like that, bro. I hear shit like that every day in my DMs. And I'm just like, bro, like, really, if you want to do something, bro, you go do it, bro. Don't let nobody live vicariously through you. Because that's the that's the mistake that our parents made. I talked to my dad, and my dad told me there was mad different shit he wanted to do when he was younger. But he was like, you know, I had to do this because I had to support my family. And I'm like, did you, yeah, you did it, but did you have to do it? Like, did you really have to do it? Like, mm -hmm. that's the question you really got to ask yourself. And it sucks because once you dive too deep into the other side of things, you get to a point where, you know, it's harder to get out. And then you kind of just accept it. And people, you know? I feel like people just like, they just tend to make excuses. And one of the biggest excuses I see is I don't have time. And I'm like, yep. bro, people make time for what they want. Exactly. So it's like, well, it's like you know, I work all day. And then what do you do after work? You right. go home and you play video games right. and you watch TV. Because right. that's what you wanted that's to do. That's what you want to do. If, mm -hmm. like, if you really wanted to do X, Y, and Z, you would, you would do, do it. X, Y, and yep. Z. There, bro, there was nothing, there's nothing that would stop you. It's like love, bro. It's like what they say true love is. Like, you love, you really love a woman, bro. Like, niggas will 
walk a hundred miles, bro, to see her, bro. It's been crazy instances of shit like that in all of history, bro. Mm. Niggas that really want something to get done, they'll get it done. Just like how niggas say the best way to do something is if you do it yourself. Because you do it in a way that you tailor it to exactly how you envision it. You feel me? So if that's what you want to do, bro, I tell niggas. Because niggas be talking like, yo, I got mad niggas, bro. Like, some of my homies that'll be like, bro, like... You doing this, bro. Like, I'm so proud of you, bro. Like, I wish I could do that, bro. Or you'd be like, people just not fucking with me right now, mm. bro. Or like, I just don't have the 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 capability. And I'm like, bro, if you keep saying that, bro, and it's going to be so. Like, at the end of the day, yeah. like, you're putting that in the air. Even like little shit, bro. I used to joke about all kinds of shit, bro. About death. About simple shit. Like, bad shit happening. Even bad shit that wasn't that bad, I would joke about. I would put that in the air, bro, and what happened to me. Prime example, like... My first car that I got out here, that was the first car I got for myself with my bread. I was like, I was driving out here. I was like, damn, bro, if I ever get in a car accident, it's going to be in Los Angeles. Got in a car accident. Damn. Got in a car accident. Next car, I was like, damn, bro, this car is cool, but I know what car I really want. Like, I really want this car. Like, damn, I wish I would have got this shit instead, or I wish I could just have this shit right now. And I kept saying that, bro, kept saying that. Got in another car accident. And then now I have the car that I actually want. But yeah. I just put that in my mind, like, damn, bro, like, really, when you say shit, like, when you say shit and you speak it into existence, you got to really know what the fuck it is that you want, because the tongue is, like, mad, like, sharp, bro, mm. like, the tongue holds a lot of power, like, you know, words hold a lot of power, you've seen that over times in history, so it just be simple shit like that, bro, I just be telling niggas, like, watch what you say, like, you know, you could joke with your mans, but then, like, if it happens, then you're gonna be like, fuck, bro, like, it's crazy, like, I'll, talk, I'll even rebuke shit. I'll say something on some joking shit, and I'll be like, nah, 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 let me chill out, let me chill out, yeah. let me chill out. Like, I don't even want to put that in the air, you feel me? So it just, Kinda it like is the energy, what it is. The energy you put out is what you're going to get back. Yeah, bro, you look deal. at niggas like Tupac, Tupac rapped about dying for like the last six months of his career, bro, and then what happened? Like, yeah. it's just shit like that, bro. Mm. It really be shit like that. So what is, uh, for people who don't know that are watching, what is Midnight Society? So Midnight Society really at this point is just a collective of artists that really just make whatever the fuck they want to make at this point. Like, it really started out as just like this really dark themed collective. And I mean, I guess we still are that collective. But at this point, I don't know, like the whole the whole idea of being the collective at the forefront of everything is just I don't think is important to any of us at this mm-hmm. point. Like, I feel like we really just went into this shit with that mind state. But now we just having fun with what it is, bro. We literally kick it in the crib. We make music when we make music. We make music with each other when we feel like making music. And at the end of the day, bro, like, I don't think there's really much to prove, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like all of us has been in mad positions over the years to really do crazy shit. We took those opportunities and did crazy shit. Whether it was broadcasted to the general public or not, so be it, bro. But at the end of the day, like... I don't know. I think actions just speak louder than words. Like, it's not something that we really need to flex, you know? I've I've seen mad crazy shit, too, bro. Like, we, I feel like we're a collective. We make crazy shit. You know, we, we, we jump outside the boundary. I think the main linear idea of collectives now is, like, niggas have to make a certain type of music to appeal to a certain type of audience in order to be successful. Yeah. And that is true in some senses, but... I think we took like the, the the different route when it comes to that. We just do whatever the fuck we want to do and what makes us happy. And I mean, it's got us all the places we want to go, bro. Like, I don't know, niggas was surprised. Like, 
I remember seeing niggas really thought like I don't know. They was like, "What happened to Midnight? Are these niggas together? Are we doing? Are they still doing shit?" And then we went and did a fuck ton of shows in Japan, bro, and just shook some shit up. And then we went to London, like, you know, we was just making moves, bro, like just making moves in silence. Like, you don't really have to tell everyone your next move. You feel me? Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's more meaningful when you just pop out with some surprise shit, because then people are just like, "Fuck!" Like, I get that feeling with some artists. There's some artists I like forgot that i fuck was so heavy and then they come out drop a crazy ass project and i'm like damn bro i forgot this nigga was hard i'll see that in yeah. my comments like yeah niggas i'll drop a song and niggas will fuck with it they be like damn where the fuck this nigga been like they be like what's going on like and you don't even think you've been gone that long yeah. you probably been gone for like two months and niggas be acting like it's been like a year they be People like damn music so much faster yeah now, bro like, they need it they like need the it one album every two years yep. three years yep. gonna niggas, work at more. this point niggas want a new song a week like yeah, they really want that like shit that. or at least they want a video that or yeah some exactly other that's what niggas really want i think at some point i'm gonna get to that point but right now i'm in the transitioning period of like moving on into the next evolution of me as an artist me as a human being me and my career mm. so i need to finalize all that first and then it'll be so smooth that when i get the whole sequential order of how i'm supposed to do shit yeah. it's gonna be like clockwork it's gonna be like nothing you know and then i'll just move on to the next thing when did you um when did you start to notice the music was gonna work for you i mean really what it was is while I was still working that job I was getting my, my revenue together because one of my homies, Lund, I just remember we had a small group chat on Facebook, and when we first got our, like, checks from, like, our distro companies, we all, like, flexing, like, oh, we got $100, oh, I got $500, mm-hmm. and this nigga put his shit in there, and he had, like, seven bands, and I was like, damn, bro, what the fuck? I was like, how you get all that? He was like, bro, like, I just be running up the stream. So, like, from that point on, like, I was like, oh, okay, like, Spotify and all this shit pays the most money. So I need to really push all my traffic to Spotify, to Apple yeah. Music. SoundCloud is lit, bro. I always loved SoundCloud because that's what I came from. You can't forget what you come from. And I support all the supporters. Still bumping shit on SoundCloud because I'm still bumping shit on SoundCloud. But with that being said, like, Spotify is really where, like, the peak artists are at. Mm. So once I built upon that, like, the money started coming in and I made a living off of it. And then when it came time for me to, like, end my contract, I was already going through bullshit at my job. Like I got in trouble for some shit that was really out of my control, and they were giving me shit for it, and it was just really pushing me to the edge. Where I was like, "Bro, really fuck this job." Like, hey, waking up at five thirty in the morning, yeah. even if the job, the job was paying well too. But I was like, "I know I don't want to do this deep down." Like, yeah, absolutely. I was getting paid like twenty eight dollars an hour, bro, and I was like, "This is more than what most niggas is making at my age," and I still am like, "Fuck this shit." So after the shit was done with, I said, "I'm gonna do this shit my own way." And I was at the crib, like, not looking for jobs. And my mom come in my room. She like, so you're not going to look for no new jobs? And I'm like. But, and another <laughs> yeah. thing is I kept my music. <laughs> I kind of kept my music a secret from my yeah. parents for many years. Like, every time my parents would leave the house is when I record. Because my grandmother mm. would stay at my parents' crib. But she has a hearing aid that she never wears. So she couldn't hear me. And yeah. my sister would be at work. My parents would be at work. I'd be the only one in the crib. So I'd be free to scream as loud as I fucking want because yeah. I couldn't do that shit while my my parents was home because they'd be like, nigga, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> so, like, I would do it then and then act like nothing happened. And my parents would kind of assume I was in my room doing nothing. Yeah. But then they see me flying out and doing all these shows. And then my mom would ask me to borrow money and I would just give it to her, no questions asked. And she's like, where you getting this money from? Like, you selling drugs? Like, mm-hmm. you, like what you doing? And I was like, nah, like. This is revenue shit. And then it got yeah. so big to the point where I couldn't hide it anymore. 
And even my family was trying to sign me. They was like, you still doing your little music thing? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you want to see. And now they see it. Little music. Yeah, and now it's not the little music anything. Like, they all, all my cousins follow me on Instagram. They was pressing me on the ground. They was like, oh, you too famous to follow your little cousin back? And I'm like, bro, like, relax. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's really crazy to see the support. Like, it's really crazy. Yeah. And I'm really thankful for it because I know it's a lot of niggas that are dying for that from their families and they don't have it. So I, I really hope for all those niggas that want that, that comes to them soon. I'm going to put that in the air for them. Word. Okay. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up on that note. This has been part two. Thank you for tuning in. If you were coming, Yada. Hell uh, yeah. Again, thank you for letting me do this, bro. I really appreciate it. Hell yeah, really, bro. Really thank you for having it. me. Thank you for having me. Um, follow us on Instagram at KULT Classic Official. Hit us on the website at KULT Classic Official.com. We got some new merch coming soon. I know you guys have been itching for that. New drip. And then follow us on Twitter at KULT OFF. And then follow me at Bobby D on the beat at B O B B Y D with two E's on the beat. And then follow Kamiyata. Yeah, bro. Space Guy Kami on Twitter, underscore Kamiyata on Instagram. Kamiyata on all the streaming, whatever. New music on the way. Rest in peace, my brother. Hella sketchy. Shout out Midnight Society. Shout out all my brothers. My niggas know I love them. You know, I live with them. But, you know, shout out my nigga KP who just popped his head through the door. We live from my bedroom right now, so we really getting cozy with it. But, yeah, shout out everybody, bro. Shout out ZCR Dutch, my producers, my managers, and most importantly, the supporters and the fans, bro. Thank y'all for everything. We literally would not be sitting right here in this very spot if it wasn't for y'all, so. Shout out, gang, bro. Right, real Plus quick, gang shit. Real quick, last thirty seconds because the camera's got to cut off. Last thirty seconds, top five anime of all time. Okay, so top five animes of all time. Number one, Fully Cooly. I got it tatted Ooh. on my arm. You feel me? That was my first tattoo. Uh, Samurai Champloo, Ghost Fire. in the Shell, Fire. um, fucking Michiko Hachin and Black Lagoon. Those are the ones I can just think of. Man, my favorite off the top of my head. Damn, I ain't seen those last. Yeah, year, Michiko Hachin is lit. Black female lead, you know, live. And then fucking Black Lagoon is super lit, bro. If y'all haven't seen that, go watch it. I feel like oh, and Nana, Nana's super fire. Hey, if you if you make music, bro, watch Nana, bro. It tell you everything you need to know, and they be dripped in the Vivian Westwood. So <laughs> I'm, can't I'm beat that. To peep that, bro. I'm to peep that. I never heard that. Yeah, that's some slice of life shit. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. It's been interview number thirty one with Kamiyata. Peace.